0: You're listening to the Resurgent ATL Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. Uh, Hey, good morning. morning. How are you doing? Is everybody doing all right? Awesome. Uh, Before I kind of get into what I wanted to talk about this morning, dive into, um, I wanted to share a few things from uh, church signs, church bulletins. Uh, I read a story that is going to be hilarious, and I've got a video that I want to share. I just thought it would be really good to laugh together. We are family, after all, right? That's right yeah. Awesome. So this first one's from a church bulletin. Uh, buckle up. If this offends you, talk to Jason. Don't talk to me. Does that sound all right? This first one says, have you been struggling with fear and anxiety? Don't let worry kill you off. Let the church help. The fasting and prayer conference includes meals. <laughs> Sign me up for that one. Yeah. Right? Seriously. I fast. This, one, this one's probably one of my favorites out of all of them. Tonight's sermon topic will be on what is hell. Come early and listen to our worship team practice. <laughs> That's... Uh, it's really funny. Hits close to home. Um, Here's a story I found. A little girl was talking to her teacher about whales. The teacher said it was physically impossible for a whale to swallow a human. Even though a whale is a very large mammal, its throat is too small. The little girl stated, Jonah was swallowed by a whale. Irritated, the teacher reiterated that a human could not be swallowed by a whale. It's physically impossible. The little girl said, when I get to heaven, I'll ask Jonah. The teacher asked, what if Jonah went to hell? The little girl replied, then why don't you ask him? (laughs) Gosh. I read that and I was like, oh my god, that's my future kid, and that's amazing. God, it's funny. Um, where's Raul at? See, in here? Raul sent me this video and I want to play it in just a second, but I'm so glad you guys announced your announcement this morning for like three weeks. I've just been shouting across this room, like, hey new dad, and like they've been like, hey, shut up. So, thank you for easing my conscience. Can we roll this video? Can we play? This
1: is the wrong video.
0: I'm so sorry. I'm so nervous right now, guys. Yeah, this is the wrong video. It's okay. No, you're good. We're going to move on. It was really funny. I'll send it to you later. That's fine. Um, why don't I pray and bring it back centered towards <laughs> Jesus bit? Uh, dear Jesus Heavenly Father, we just invite your presence We just thank you that you're already here in the room We thank you for what you've done and spoke through worship And how you're moving our lives Father, your will would be done Your kingdom be established here on earth as it is in heaven Everybody said Amen. Amen Okay, so I know I'm pretty sure all of you know who I am um, but for those of you who don't, my name is Cody Oliver. Uh, me and my beautiful wife, Julie, as she makes her entrance, <laughs> uh, we're on staff here at Resurgent. And uh, we love this team, we love this church, uh, we love being with you guys. And uh, we're in a really, really great season. It is my brother's birthday today. I want to give him a shout out. <laughs> He's taller than me, even though he's younger than me, which is crazy. Um, And I get the honor and privilege to introduce, I have a baby sister in the house this morning. This is Julie's youngest sister. Mackenzie, if you want to stand up, say hello. It's awesome. I've always wanted a sister and now I have two, which is really, really exciting. I get to beat up some boys later in life. So that's, it's really fun. (laughs) <laughs> um, for another fact that you might not know about me is, I actually work for Rome, the the company Rome that we rent from. I work for part time, and um, kind of wanted to share a story. But this is mainly just to ease them. Like Rome loves our church. Like I don't know if you guys like. Everybody that works here is in some way um different denominations of believer of Christ and they love our church. They love what we're doing. They're so for it. And um that should ease <laughs> a little bit of y'all's <laughs> uh, nervousness. But um they love our story, which was really, really crazy is uh back when the Super Bowl happened, um crazy connections happened to where I got the opportunity to go lead worship for the Super Bowl chaplaincy on that Sunday morning, which was really, really amazing. Um to, have, to be in the room with a lot of money and a lot of people that are influencing people. God, you know, there's just a whole different message there that I won't go into, but it really rocks my world. But really, really funny is um, one of the guests of honor, It was in a, a small room, multiple chaplains of the NFL were there. Um, lo and behold, these, one of the CEOs of Rome is a special guest at this meeting. And so he walks in, he's like, are you Corey? And I was like, it's Cody. And like, so nice to meet you, good to see you again. He kind of vaguely, they do a lot of like uh, corporate stuff here at these offices. So they hear a ton and um, you know, I got to lead worship, the president of, it was Athletes in Action. They're a big, you know, FCA organization. The president was like, yeah, we want to thank Cody and, and his name's David. He was like, he's a Roman employee. Like he just was like claiming, they were claiming Resurgent as a part of their family. And I think that's awesome. That says a lot about an organization. It says a lot about a, a people, um, that where we go, we can partner with. People honor us. They love us. They respect us. They want us to grow. Up. They want us to be out of here faster than we want to be here, right. if that makes sense. It's not out of like, hey, we, we want to kick you out because we're tired of moving chairs. It's like, hey, we love y'all and we believe in you. And um, just wanted to share that. So uh, I was preparing for this message. Me and my dad were talking and kind of realized that out of all the amazing teachings, all the all the, the messages, uh, we haven't had one on worship yet on a Sunday morning. Um, so today I wanted to talk to you about extravagant worship, the worship culture of Resurgent ATL. Um, kind of what I'm going to do is paint a picture or give an outline and speak into Resurgent's worship culture and what we're establishing here, what we're building here. So uh, here we go. If you could turn with me to Psalms 27.4. Uh, I want to read the verse that's attached to one of our core values on our website called Extravagant Worship. Um, By the way, if you haven't read our core values, I highly suggest you go look at them. They're on our website. It's good to line up with what the church is doing, what what the church believes, and and, uh, line up with the house. So I'm reading out of the Passion Translation, and this is Psalms 27.4. You there? You there? Okay. I need feedback because I'm an interactive person. There it is. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> all right verse four here's the one thing i crave from god the one seek i the one thing i seek above all else i want the privilege of living with him every moment in his house finding the sweet loveliness of his face filled with all delighting in his glory and grace i want to live my life so close to him that he takes pleasure in my every prayer So again, that's out of the Passion Translation. That passage in my my, uh, Passion Translation Bible, which I got from my wife for Christmas, I love it, um, is entitled Fearless Faith. This is David's poetic praise to God right before he was anointed king. Um, I believe this is exactly where we're at as a church. During our growing pains and everything that will come, if we can get worship down as a family, if we can get extravagant worship down, we will influence our neighbors, be it. Businesses, other churches, other organizations. We'll influence our city. We'll influence our region because that's what we're called to do. Amen? Yep. Yep. Awesome. So kind of the first point that we're kind of walking through is, is what is worship? Worship is reverent love and honor, adoration, surrender, and offering. This one hits me in the chest every time, this last one. Acknowledgement that God is God and I am not. I love this quote from Ray Hughes, it's called, Worship is bowing down, getting your head below your heart. We were created for a relationship with God. That relationship being that we are a new creation postured for a connection with our creator. Appropriate connection is one of love, reverence, and awe. So how do we create an atmosphere for worship? How do we make room or host him or worship him rightly? One of the things that we're kind of digging into right now as a worship team, As our worship culture, uh, with all of our our teams and everything that we're doing, is uh, a deeper understanding of God's worth. If you notice, we're singing songs. um, We sang one this morning that are declarations of his worth. Um, I believe something unlocks in the supernatural when we begin to sing with understanding. You can almost see the atmosphere change when a body of believers can bow down in worship, coming to a true place of surrender, a true place of adoration. Psalms 22.3 says, Yet I know you are most holy. It's indisputable. I love that. That tag. It's indisputable. Right. You are God enthroned, surrounded with songs, living among the shouts of praise of your princely people. Princely makes me feel good, by the way. Yeah. just yeah. wanted to point that out. Yeah. <laughs> um, but key in on that. You're God enthroned, surrounded with songs, living among the shouts of praise of your princely people. He inhabits our praises. He's enthroned upon our praises. I want to encourage you that you will never out-worship past your understanding of the worth of God. Wow, that's good, I'll say it again. Yeah. <laughs> I want to encourage you that you will never out-worship past your understanding of the worth of God. Wow. The most wild, passionate, radical worshipers in the places that host the presence of God the greatest are the ones with the most extravagant revelation of His worth. So this is kind of, I wanna take a spot, get off my notes rabbit trail for a little bit. This is why you'll see us leave space as a team. We really do wanna establish the culture and and, and worship culture here that I, I, I love it when a body can lift up their own songs to the Lord. In Psalms, we just read that he inhabits the praises of our people. He's surrounded with songs. It isn't just the ones that we're singing. It's what's written on your heart. It's what you lift up personally to the Lord. And we want that to be encouraged. Some of my, um, my favorite moments in worship and, and, and past and, and in forward have been when the song or the, I'm going to get into something else in a second, but the, the song has ended. There's a moment of space and all of a sudden someone gets a new revelation of his worth. Someone lifts up a song that's inside of them that hasn't been written on a page yet. And all of a sudden, the rest of the people enter in and they start lifting up their songs. And it's like the Holy Spirit or heaven completely just rests upon the room. I live for those moments. I want them here every single Sunday. I don't know how to have that happen, except to encourage you that when we say, hey, lift up a song, we don't mean that to fill space. Or because we see our worship leaders that we admire and look up to, they say that. It's for you guys to have an opportunity to sing something that isn't written on a page. Does that make sense? Okay, I'm going to move on. This next part that I want to talk about is called Pushing Past the Normal. This one might. Anyway, okay. I'd like to read a quote from A.W. Tozer. He's rocking my world right now. I wonder if there was ever a time when true spiritual worship was at a lower ebb. To great sections of the church, the art of worship has been lost entirely. And in its place has come that strange and foreign thing called the program. This word has been borrowed from the stage and applied with sad wisdom to the public service, which now passes as worship among us. End quote. I truly believe that worship has come so far and is at a point right now that has never been before. It's so accessible. It's at the forefront of everything that we do as the body of Christ. It's no longer abnormal for churches to have decent sounding worship, which I think is awesome. it's not admirable to, uh, for people to not use the same language anymore, which again I think is really, really great. We are seeing streams cross because of worship, and I do not believe that's a bad thing. The reason I read that quote is because our worship culture here at our church will never be a program. I want to say that again. Uh, the reason I read that quote is because our worship culture here will never be a program. We will host his presence well. I have dreams, hopes, ambitions for our worship department. And yes, we need some downstairs way of thinking to help achieve what God has called us to do. But if we worship for any other reason than just worship, it's not worship. If we worship for any other reason than just worship, it's not worship. There's a spiritual effect on surroundings. But if that becomes our motivation, then we're not worshiping. We're manipulating. That's tough that one's that that one's tough but i'm I'm, yeah i'm gonna move on you don't want to use god to reach an intended target you want to minister to god he is worthy worship is in response to his worth um one of the things that i kind of even on saturday nights we kind of encourage with our our teams is like hey go after specific things in your own life with jesus tonight um you know some of the main you know what 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 worship culture or what um You know, as musicians, it's like we get to a point where the set sounded really good or like we got a goosebump, but that's not the point of spontaneous worship. Like those are great things, but I don't want to discourage anybody that like we're not an encounter driven culture, but we're an encounter expectant culture. Meaning if you live out of an encounter, uh, excuse me, an encounter driven culture, you can have an encounter and then you never move off from that encounter. God could be moving in a different way next Sunday. And if we miss it, we miss it. And I would hate to see that happen. I want to read that again. We're not an encounter-driven culture, but we are an encounter expected culture. I've been really uh, (laughs) almost said a word there. I've been really uh, blessed to rub shoulders. Everybody tracking with me so far? Everybody good? Okay, cool. Um, I've been blessed to rub shoulders with different denominations, (laughs) see different environments of worship, be on stages some bigger than others. But some of the most powerful moments is when a team or someone worshiping, pushed, uh, they pushed past their normal and worship God based on his worth. Hear what I said there. They didn't push past the normal out of performance or out of there's so much freedom that I should do whatever I want. No, they pushed past the normal because they were so undone or in response to him or his worth. So I just want to encourage you. Use discernment. And I'll say this. There's freedom to worship uh, God here. And. You're created all differently. You have ways that you interact with Jesus. But um, this is the only time you'll hear me say this. If what you do during worship disrupts or disunifies what God is doing in the room, that is the only time you'll hear us correct you enough. There's freedom. I just want to put that out there because I think there's sometimes if worship leaders or staff doesn't say, hey, you have freedom, then everybody's like, oh, this is just what worship is. It's like, no, we want you to interact with God. We want you to go after new things in your life. We want you to feel fulfilled. Does that make sense? Everybody tracking? Okay. Um, I wanted to share a, a story of one of the times I saw someone push past their normal and um, me and Julie, uh, for a season, we contracted to different churches when well, my mom and dad were on Saturdays and um, we would go and lead at other churches and just partner with what God is doing and they would bless us and it was really, really amazing. But um, one of these churches that we were seeing is a really big church and they have a really big congregation And uh, their worship was about maybe 12 to 15 minutes. And for me, again, this is a whole nother message on honor about walking into those environments and honoring leadership and honoring their worship culture and really ministering to God through what they have said. That's a whole nother thing. And I'm not gonna get into that. But Julie and I were with me and I told her, I said, hey, um, this was the first time her leading at this church. It's like, hey, they might look like zombies. And all you have to do is focus on Jesus and find one person, one person a little bit more hungrier than the rest, pushing past their normal to see God move in that place. That's good, man. So we're leading, we're leading a song that um, it was might have been like Holy Spirit, which I'm going to get into unity in a second. Does anybody know what CCli is? CCli is the the, the system that um, churches across the United States get to use. To uh, keep track of worship songs, everybody, all the writers—that's how they get actually keep track to get paid. So, um, but one, the number three song for the last three years that have been on the CCLL list, which is the most sung songs in church, has been "Holy Spirit." Um, I'm going to get into unity, but the unity of that—just that being sung, like I said, languages because of worship, because the presence of God—it's crossing. Borders That it hasn't been before We were singing Holy Spirit in a place um, That it just We wouldn't we have picked that song or, or expected that song to be sung So anyway, pushing past that We look down and we're in a moment of worship And about three or four rows back to this section There's a woman Who is signing sign languaging During worship And um, It seriously broke me It really broke me Because I Out of the sea of people, there's one person who is sobbing. She's signing to the Lord and come to find out she's deaf. There's no one on stage signing lyrics back to her. She's signing the lyrics that she sees on thing. And one thing that I kept seeing her do, which I'll put the mic down, doing this, that. And I went and looked at ASL signs or everything on the website. And that movement means worthy. And this movement means, like, king of kings, lord of lords, you are worthy. And we were singing, like, Holy Spirit. Wow. And it just wrecked me. It really wrecked me. So I just want to say that as an encouragement. Push past your normal. Yeah. You have freedom here. Yeah. Push past it. Let's go deeper. Let's have more moments with God. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Um, kind of going into the—I might be flying through this, but— um, it's Better to be short and good than long and bad. <laughs> Lord, bring it back, Jesus. Bring it back, Jesus. Bring it back. I heard, uh, yeah, never mind. <laughs> No, it was just, it was, uh, it was preacher, preacher advice someone gave me one time. It was like, hey, if you're going to be bad, at least be like 10 minutes. Like, just, just say your verse, get out of there, let people go eat lunch. Just get out of there. Um, so this last kind of section as we're going into is called, uh, you know, going after unity. Um, unity, I believe, is actually how we're going to impact cities and regions. Amen. Um, Amen. Where there is unity, God flies his banner of victory over it. Um, I just, yeah, I think that's how we're going to impact Cumberland, which is where we're at, Atlanta. Um, I think that's how we're going to impact different churches, the world, how we're going to communicate to everyone. Um, but track with me here. Uh, what does Matthew eighteen twenty say? For where two or three are gathered. There I am with them. Yes, yes, yes. So if you've got your Bibles, jump over to Acts sixteen twenty-five. All 25. Right, all right, all right. Everybody there? Yeah, come on. Okay. Uh, Acts 16, 25. I'm gonna read all the way through the first, verse 34. Um, this is where Paul and Silas had been beaten up. They were thrown in prison. There was that woman that had that spirit in them about, they're telling the future and all this stuff. And they cast the spirit out of her. The men that owned that woman then beat them up, threw them in prison, were there. Um, 25. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word, uh, excuse me, where are we at? 32. 32. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them, washed their wounds, then immediately he and all his household were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. I'm going to stop there. Um, one of the things that immediately jumps out at me is about about midnight. Late, it's by the time Tristan goes to sleep. Um, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And other prisoners were listening to them. And I have on my notes that highlighted in red. Other prisoners were listening to them. Psalms 102 verse 20 says, God hears the groaning of the prisoner. Worshiping in unity is a tool. It's a tool that God uses. Why does he use worship in unity? Because he hears the groan of the prisoner. Spiritual agreement with God and each other brings about physical change. I've seen more people get radically healed, set free, and families' complete stories change in a unified moment of worship. So recognize that in that passage, that out of singing songs, singing hymns, ministering to the Lord in prison, by the way, that all other prisoners began to listen. And I would bet your bottom dollar that every single one of those prisoners at least attempted to join, had something inside of them to sing, and that they were so undone in the presence of God in that moment, because what else do they have besides shackles, excuse me, there's nothing. So I would beg that they are like, excuse me, then bet you all bottom note, that's what I said. Um, <laughs> that they were lifting up songs to the Lord, and in that unified moment, that's when all shackles became loose. Um, it's really fun being on stage and like it's I'm not gonna say anything about here but just different places that you go you can and especially in a, in a really radical worship environment or what we would consider a radical worship environment, you can always see the new families who are just terrified <laughs> and we were one of those families I mean like just the the transitional thing of We've been in churches where we haven't experienced God in a worship environment to now. There's so much stuff happening that's like sensory, sensory overload, and they're so confused. But the reason they come back is unity. The reason they come back is community. If they looked over to the left and all other families like, I don't really get this either. Like, I don't, They would never come back. And because of that, their children, their lives, their, their family stories are completely radically changed. And I feel like this is how we're going to change in the city is through family. I think my mom and dad are doing something beautiful here, which is going after family. Yeah, mom's good, um, yeah spiritual agreement with God and each other brings about physical change. Will be there? Like, I think it, I think it's it's our responsibility as much. I, I want to kind of even give you a charge. I'm kind of wrapping up here, so I'll pray in a second. Again, really short, but um, short and good. <laughs> good. <laughs> good. Um, What was I saying? No, no, no. You're good. Hold on, a bring, it back, bring it back. Oh, like I think it's almost more. Um, it's it's a shared responsibility of congregation. To, to worship team to go after for the more of God and host his presence well. Like you have complete permission to claim ownership over our worship sets. Now, I'm not saying don't come up here and grab our mics. That would be irresponsible. But what I'm saying is you have permission to press in, go after unity, go after worshiping God together. And I really do feel like that's how we're gonna change our region, change our, our, just our church. I think we're gonna see, I already think that we're gonna see a massive growth in our church just because of the people that are in it right now. Um, that's why I read that Psalms. So it's, it's really funny that right before David was declared king, he was asking God, please just let me live in your, your living room, basically. Yeah, I think that's where we're at. Last year we were hidden, right? Literally downstairs. Now we're in a beautiful facility, which I think we're learning so much from this organization. God, I love Rome. They're so cool. Um, but I do really think that if we can make uh, and host God's presence well in this place, yeah, right. I think we really can change our atmosphere, change our cities. Be known for that. Yeah. For more resources and information about Resurgent ATL, please visit our website.